0: Welcome to the Downward Facing Spiritual Spiral podcast. My name is Eddie, obviously host of the Spiritual Spiral. Really excited you're here. Please share the podcast with any friends if you think they may dig it. Spread the word. All that stuff is really helpful. Um, especially that we've had earthquakes the last few days. I'm just really happy that you're uh, here listening. And I, I want to talk about that a little bit. It's been a really interesting couple of few days for me. And have been trying to process it all. And I think it's part of the reason why I was really sort of not myself yesterday. I was actually going to record a podcast yesterday, but I just I couldn't focus. I couldn't really uh, clear my head. And I think a lot of it is what's been going on the last couple of days and sort of some of the memories that I have with the, with the earthquake in 94 because I was living out here. But let me just backtrack a little bit. On Friday, I went to my first sound bath over at Hyper Slow. You know, you lie in meditation or sit in meditation, and there's these, the sounds of these bowls that go, um, that are happening in the background, and it's really relaxing, and it's really soothing, and I highly recommend it. They're they're really popular out here in LA, and it's just a great way to just disconnect and keep your phone off and just connect with your body and your mind, and it was really relaxing, and I highly recommend it. That was Friday, and then right after that, I went to the doctors because I had, I noticed a growth actually in my jaw, maybe a couple weeks ago, not, not anything big. You really can't tell. Um, but it was just something that I felt and being the, being the hypochondriac that I am, um, I obviously wanted to go get that looked at and thank God it was just a cyst and it's nothing, nothing cancerous. And if it's something I want to have removed eventually I can, but it's so small that nobody can even tell. And yeah, so that was a big relief for sure. And then Friday, we still Friday here. We drove out to uh, Agoura Hills for a party, a little small dinner party. And then the earth, the second uh, big earthquake happened. We were outdoors uh, in the backyard, just eating or talking, and it was pretty freaky for sure. Um, experiencing that seven point one earthquake, and again, this, these these two earthquakes, as big as they are, just pale in comparison to the destruction that the ninety four quake out here in Northridge created and I lived out here at the time Uh, and it was definitely one of the freakiest moments of my life for sure Um, but so which I'll talk about really quickly but um, just back to three days ago so yeah that happened on Friday and it was just really pretty crazy being out here and experiencing that and just brought back a lot of memories of the quake in 94 so anyway head home go on with my day and then Saturday I go for a swim and then Talk to my mom because it's her birthday and she sort of goes to this place of, well, you know, make sure you're prepared and going through the laundry list of having water and food and food for the cats and cash. And there was just something about it, though, that was actually creating anxiety. And I don't know if it was just the way that it just felt intense in, in the way that she was presenting it. And then I'm driving down the freeway and I'm approaching Fairfax. Uh, I'm I'm driving down the 10 and I'm approaching the Fairfax overpass. And then I really felt myself feeling nervous. And I realized um, it's because the Fairfax overpass during the 94 quake actually collapsed. And I was just having these visions of, of it collapsing again. Of course it didn't or else I wouldn't be here recording the podcast. But I think... I, I think my mind... So yesterday all afternoon, I really just felt out of it. I felt out of sorts. I didn't feel myself. I didn't feel relaxed. And I think it's just I was processing um, the the quake and, and sort of the emotional impact that it had. And it, it was reminding me of of being out here in 94 during the quake and how freaking scary that was. I remember... Living in this small one-bedroom apartment in Malibu with my roommate, and we—I think we paid—it was eleven hundred dollars total. So I think I paid six hundred bucks a month or something because we just wanted to live in Malibu. That was sort of—we're from—I was from Ohio, he was from Pennsylvania, and we had finished college, were just about to be done, and we wanted to spend one year living in Malibu on the beach. And I remember the quake happening at four thirty in the morning freaking out never experienced anything like this in my life um and not knowing what to do so we literally just ran the hell out of our place out onto the beach and i ended up banging my hand uh, my foot into something that fell off the wall and i remember hugging my roommate ed afterwards i i was shaking i was shivering over the next month i was terrified because there were aftershocks happening. The city was a complete shambles, um, not only in Northridge, um, but also Santa Monica at the time. You know, the the reason why Santa Monica is so developed developed now, obviously for tourism, but Santa Monica was obliterated. All those parking structures, all those buildings on 3rd Street and the surrounding areas of 3rd Street, they were obliterated. They all came crumbling down. And it was really, a, it was just a scary time out here. And I think, you know, we had the floods at the time. We had the fires, the Rodney King uh, beating happening. It was really um pretty terrifying. And so I think I was experiencing, I was reliving all of that on Saturday. And it's funny, but of course, you know, I went to Twitter just to get some information on the earthquake uh, just to get sort of the, um, you know, where it was, how strong it was. And before I got to all of that, you would see, or I saw like five, 10, and it could have gone on for hundreds, but all these, these tweets about the earthquake. And, and they were all so silly. It was just something like, Oh my God, did you feel that? Or whoa, that was like a roller coaster. Oh, and then some people would say something like, How fun? And I'm not exaggerating. The, the responses on Twitter were, Oh, cool. That was fun. And I, that, for whatever reason, really pissed me off. And I think it's because I experienced the destruction and the fear of of the 94 quake and how fucking freaky that was. And we're fucking lucky right now, you know, here in L.A., that those quakes happened 150, 200 miles away, and they didn't happen here in the city, because that 7.1 on Friday, if it happened here in Los Angeles... We'd be fucked. <laughs> I mean, seriously. Aww. And I think that's the thing. Um, you know, I was thinking about, so this is actually relates to uh, Instagram and my mom and, and this idea of control. Aww. We are, I think the earthquake. It's just a reminder of we're really ultimately out of control. And as much as you know, my mom or friends can say, "Get water, uh, make sure you have cash on hand, and have food and flashlights and all these things." An earthquake preparedness kit. There's only so much you can do because these quakes are so much bigger and more powerful than anything that we can buy and, and have on hand to prepare ourselves for their destruction. In this weird sort of way, that underlying feeling of being in control, that's why Instagram is so popular. I think we we love that platform. I mean, I obviously don't, and I know a lot of people struggle with it, but I think the reason why people go to it all the time and use it so obsessively and excessively, because it does allow people to curate and control Their life and make it look and appear and feel exactly how they want. And they can control who they follow, who sees it, who sees them. They can, it's this perfectly curated, controlled environment where everything is safe and everything is comfortable. And No wonder so many people want to spend the vast majority of of their life and their time in that controlled environment. I think for me, though, and for a lot of people, I think the reason why Instagram ultimately isn't satisfying is because, and I'm going to end with this little story, Um, so I felt pretty anxious all day yesterday. Um, and even had a great day, but I still didn't feel myself at all. And so I ended up interviewing Troy Akers, uh, a singer-songwriter, last night um, on uh, in, in Nashville, and it'll post probably later on this week or the following. But we ended up having this conversation for like an hour and twenty minutes, and I just felt my anxiety lessen and go away as I was talking to him, and I realized, I mean. I, I realize it quite often when I have people on my show, but I mean, I need that human interaction. And, and I, even though I, I typically have it pretty regularly, I really needed it yesterday. And that conversation with him really put me at ease and relaxed me. And we talked about music and sort of our similar issues with social media and, and the music industry. And so back to my Instagram point, The reason why, so you know why I think people go there all the time, because in this chaotic world where anything goes, it feels as though people can control their lives as much as possible on Instagram. But why it's not fulfilling so many people and satisfying is you can't replicate a human face-to-face conversation with Instagram. You can't replicate a hug or a kiss or eye-to-eye contact with texts and DMs. And that conversation I had with Troy last night via Skype, I mean, yeah, could it have been better and we could have been in the same room? Sure. But I mean, I love technology. I love that we were able to Skype and see each other and laugh with one another. And those sort of human elements are completely null and void on a platform like Instagram. That's why the anxiety and the depression, the loneliness factor is increased. It's such, it's such an exponential rate in this country because we need that human interaction where you can feel and touch and see and use the senses to experience that other person. So I, I don't know. I think it's it just all of that. Really, I experienced all of that the last couple days, that full circle of experiencing the earthquake, being, re- being reminded of the one in 94, some anxiety driving down the freeway, feeling a little lost, and then reconnecting with somebody. And then I felt all better again. It's just, it was a pretty wonderful reminder of the power of conversation and talking to somebody and seeing them, as opposed to just you know, quote unquote, seeing them on Instagram. So I don't know, I just wanted to share that story. I felt like it was sort of a a reaffirming lesson for me the last couple of days about the power of just talking to somebody um, and how beautiful that can be. Last but not least, actually, um, well, two things. I remember opening up my phone on July 4th to post something about my podcast, and I went to Instagram. And if if you didn't know any better, you would actually think July 4th was a day when you are supposed to strip off as many clothes as possible and show a picture of maybe your ass or your abs or something. And I I swear to God, I don't follow porn stars. But the first two or three photos when I I opened up Instagram – the first one was some podcaster that I used to follow, but I I unfollowed him because I followed him for three days. And then the first photo I see of him is on July 4th, wearing like a thong on the beach. And he's got like 2 million followers. And I'm thinking, what's, what does that have to do with with independence day? And then the next one was some woman. I know she's a, a, a cocktail waitress at a bar I used to work at. And she's wearing a small bikini showing off her ass, wishing us all a happy fourth. So, um, Just in case you didn't know, I thought I would tell you what July 4th is actually about really quickly. (laughs) I'm not meaning this to sound rude, but I felt like, you know, a lot of people out there in the world, since they spend the vast majority of their time only on Instagram, would think that 4th of July is the day where uh, strippers... And uh, people just in general take off as many of their clothes and post a picture of their ass on Instagram. So, you know, Independence Day, it's actually, it's a federal holiday because it's the, it's basically commemorating the Declaration of Independence. And that basically declared the 13 American colony, colonies. They were no longer um, under the rule of, the, of, of Britain government. And they were they were united, they were free, and this ultimately led to the creation of the United States. Yeah, the Declaration of Independence. Uh, it's a statement adopted by the Continental Congress uh, in Philadelphia on July 4th, 1776. The Declaration announced that the 13 colonies at war with Great Britain would regard themselves as 13 independent sovereign states no longer under British rule. With this declaration, these new states took a collective first step towards forming the United States of America. John Adams, a leader in pushing for independence, had persuaded the committee to select Thomas Jefferson to compose the original draft of the document, which Congress edited to produce the final version. The declaration was a formal explanation of why Congress had voted to declare independence from Great Britain more than a year after the outbreak of the American Revolutionary War. Um, After ratifying the text, Congress issued the Declaration of Independence in several forms. Um, Jefferson's original draft is preserved at the Library of Congress, complete with changes made by John Adams and Benjamin Franklin. So, yeah, anyway, I just, I felt like some of you may not know... Uh, in case some of you may not know what the Fourth of July actually is celebrating, I thought you know I would remind you that it's it's not about taking off your clothes and taking a photo of your ass on Instagram. I know it's shocking to to hear that, but I thought I should remind people what we're actually uh, commemorating or celebrating. Um, so that that's this week's show. I did want to also read one more quote to you. Um, there's a new song by Tom York called Impossible Knots. So he has a new record that just came out. And um I'm a huge radiohead fan. I, I don't love the record. I, there's a couple songs on it though that I think are great. So I wanna read this to you and then I'll end the show. But it's from a song called Impossible Knots. And the first couple lines, I'm heading in the wrong direction and I can't make the big connection. I, I don't know. I just I felt like that really Apply to our culture today and how your life can go in so many directions now and your brain can go down so many directions down so many different rabbit holes thanks to instagram and reddit and youtube reminder this podcast is just about bringing awareness to what rabbit hole are you going to be going down today are you going to go down the instagram rabbit hole the Reddit rabbit hole, Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, or are you going to create your own rabbit hole? I mean, I I know that sounds sort of maybe cliche, but it's about bringing control back to your life and making your own decisions and bringing deeper connection. That's that's it. And every time I have somebody on my show, I'm reminded about how lucky I am to have these awesome conversations because it brings depth, brings extra meaning to my life, and I freaking feel so stoked that you're listening. And I get to press record and we talk and I share these conversations. So it's, it's, that's, that's the good stuff right there. So, yeah, that's it. So I have Madeline Tabaldi coming up in probably the next couple of days, uh, Troy Akers, Vitas um, David Garza, Jake Reed, a drummer, and uh, Bonnie Swee, a writer. So, anyway, thanks so much for listening. I really appreciate it. Um, if you dig the show, head on over to iTunes, write a review. It stuff's really helpful. Share it with friends and I'll be back soon. Thanks so much for listening.